Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we're doing something a little bit different, but this is a very special episode, one that I'm personally very happy to bring to you guys. Today, we are going to be discussing TBT 2023, aka the Basketball Tournament 2023. Now, if you are unfamiliar with TBT, I hope to sell you on it a little bit here on with this introduction and with this episode. So TBT is a 64-team single elimination winner-take-all basketball tournament where the winning team gets their share of $1 million. The only catch is that no active NBA players are allowed to play in TBT. So what you end up with is you end up with a lot of guys who were good college basketball players that you know maybe they flamed out in the NBA, maybe they never played in the NBA and they play internationally, or maybe they're just playing local programs, whatever. It does not matter, but it's a lot of guys who were solid college basketball players that you remember their names, you remember their faces, and they're back on your TV in TBT for two to three weeks during the summer. What is also added some intrigue TBT is the increase of alumni teams that play in the basketball tournament. And so you end up with a lot of teams where all these guys played college basketball either together or at the same college, which creates an even cooler kind of college basketball dynamic when you see two colleges uh, matching up against each other and kind of just creates an extra source of school pride for the teams that are playing in it. Now, TBT is one of my favorite events annually every summer because it always happens when there's kind of a dead period for sports. You know, all that's really on is baseball. Um, and so you kind of just end up with a good, solid basketball um, two-week event where it, it, it can just be on your TV every night and it's really enjoyable to watch. And it creates a lot of drama and it's also pretty high-quality basketball, if I'm being honest. Now, how I got interested in TBT was pretty much just being on summer vacation and you know, you're know you sitting in the hotel room or the condo or wherever and you don't have anything to do for the night, you don't have anything to watch and you just kind of turned it on and it's like, oh, I recognize that guy. You know, I recognize these guys. Like, what is this? And so you, you, know, you kind of Google it and you, and you learn what it is and me and my dad, we both got really into it um, and really invested in it. And then I mentioned here on the podcast before, but he's an alumnus of the University of Dayton. And in 2019, Dayton got their alumni team, the Red Scare, into TBT. And it just increased his interest in this tournament even more and increased my interest in this tournament even more. And in 2020, they probably had their most successful year of the tournament ever when they had it in a bubble. They did the bubble before the NBA did the bubble. And they had a successful TBT where, um, you know, there were no outbreaks of COVID. It was very intriguing to watch on TV. They did the remote broadcast thing. They kind of um, showed the NBA the blueprint for doing a successful bubble just on a smaller scale. Uh, and then they've been back in full force in 2021 and 2022. So this is just an event that I really enjoy watching. I really enjoy talking about. I really enjoy getting into every summer. So here I'm going to, you know, do the research, do the analysis, and help you guys out. We are going to here on this podcast make some picks. We are going to talk about how to bet this tournament. Um, if they end up doing FanDuel and DraftKings DFS for this tournament, which they did back in 2020, um, I highly advise waiting one round of games before you start because round one can kind of be a crapshoot um, with not knowing how rotations are going to shake out and how guys are going to play. Um, so I would recommend waiting around if that's the case. We are going to discuss bets and picks here on this episode. Now, another thing that's going to add the last bit of intrigue to TBT is they started this in 2019 is known as the Elam ending. And I freaking love it. I love it. I, I wish that, you know, all local YMCA Pro-Am Summer League should go to this format. I, I think that when high school jamborees and AU tournaments should go to this format. I, I love the way the Elam ending works out. So basically what ends up happening is you do not play to a time 
you play to a score. So you don't in, end up with the inevitable, you know, intentional foul free throw, intentional foul free throws, and the game turns into a free throw shooting contest. That's not what um, the Elam ending has happened. You play to a score. So every game ends on a made bucket. There's no running the timeout. There's no, you know, hoping you get fouled or get bailed out by the refs. There's none of that. You have to score to win. You have to make buckets to win. And, and, you know, there may not be any buzzer beaters because there's no clock in the Elam ending, but there have been plenty of thrilling Elam ending finishes throughout the year that are, are just as good as any buzzer beater. And it generally creates a great thrilling finish to the games. Now, what that does is that creates a little bit different of an environment for the basketball being played. And it creates a little bit different kind of criteria for what you're going to look at in terms of for teams to be successful. So um, we're going to break all that down here on this episode. But if you were unfamiliar with TBT or Elam Ending, there you go. There's your introduction to it. Um, and you should be good to go for the rest of the podcast. Now, if this is your first trip here to Mike's Money Picks, please like and subscribe to the channel. Um, it really does help me out a ton. It really does show me a lot of support. Um, and if you subscribe, you'll be notified when new episodes drop. We do weekly fantasy golf episodes. We're doing all of our season-long fantasy football content over the summer. And we're going to be back in season for college football and college basketball content as well. So if you hit that subscribe button, you'll be notified when new episodes drop. And I really do appreciate it. It really does help me out a lot. All right. So that kind of does it for the induction. I think I introduced everything I need to. And if you were wondering, it is not going to be just me here on this podcast. I have invited um, somebody who loves TBT as much as I do to join me. I've already mentioned him on the podcast already. I've already had him on the podcast already. We had a great NCAA bracket pick show with this guy back in March. And so I'm bringing him back here in July to talk about TBT. It is my dad. Um, and I hope that you know his passion kind of re- leaks through for this because he is as passionate about this tournament as I do. We both love this event. We've watched this event together. Um, and so I'm hoping that we can give you guys a good show with some good discussion on some of these teams, some of these players, and who to pick for this tournament. Lastly, if you think you can beat me and beat my picks for this tournament, then head on over to TBT's Bracket Challenge. They don't have it up yet as of the recording here, but I am going to post a link to my Twitter at Mike's Money Picks um, and see if you can beat us in the official TBT Bracket Challenge. All right, so that does it for the introduction. Um, So let's go ahead and dive right into the picks, but first let's get a quick word from our friends at Spotify. All right, so I am here with my dad, and we are going to talk TBT 2023. So before we get into the actual picking of games, TBT is a different kind of format of basketball than what we're used to seeing with the Elam ending, like we talked about in the intro. Um, And so there's going to be some different kind of strategies and keys to winning games that doesn't really apply in like, you know, a pickup game or an NBA game or even a college game. So dad, what is one thing you look for when you're looking to pick teams to go far in this tournament? I think you need, you need a lot of defensive flexibility. You've got, you've got to have players that can switch on defense. Mm-hmm. The, the one thing you'll see in this tournament over and over again is on and off ball screens, trying to create switches to get favorable matchups. Yeah. And if you've got guys that can get isolated and burned, you're going to be in trouble. They're going to come back. To, they're going to come back to that same guy over and over again. So every guy on your team needs to be able to to, to switch on defense. Your forwards need to be able to play a post player, mm-hmm. and your point guards need to be able to play a wing player. Totally agree. And to kind of add on to that, you can't have any defensive liabilities. Like if you Correct. have a weakness where you can't guard 
quick guards or if you can't guard seven footers, you're going to be in trouble because you're probably going to run into one of them at some point down the road in this tournament. Now, another thing that I like to, as success for winning games is you need a bucket getter. You need a guy that at the end of the game, in the elam ending, when you need to score, and the referees in this tournament, they don't bail you out and put you on the foul line unless you get hacked. So you need to be able to score, and you need to have that one guy that you can go to in the half court when the game slows down, that either in an isolation situation or in a ball screen or getting in some kind of set, you need a guy that can go get you a bucket. Yeah, it's got to be guys that can create their own shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, another another thing I think in this tournament you you mentioned it earlier. Physical play, you need hard nosed players. This mm-hmm. is not college basketball. This is more like international ball. They don't call a lot of fouls. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of contact, and you need guys that can play through contact. Now we have seen guys come from college to have success in this but yes. you're right though it's been more of the hard-nosed gritty like glue guys as opposed to a guy that you know can score 20 a game in college he's not going to score 20 a game here in no. tbt but the guys that will go down there and play tough and battle for boards and play defensively those are guys that tend to play well in this tournament i agree 100 on that so in terms of statistical kind of trends here and how to pick these games is there anything that really stands out to you when you look at last year's bracket or previous brackets as opposed to um you know how you can pick this tournament yeah the one the one thing that really stood out to me is avoid first year teams Mm -hmm. first year teams typically do not have success in this tournament it's either roster preparation roster construction or lack of experience in preparing but they just don't seem to do well uh, last year, there were no first-year teams that advanced past the round of 16, mm-hmm. and there was only one first-year team that made it to the round of yep, 16. Yep, and that was uh, Bleed Green, Bleed the North Green. Texas alumni so team. So stay away from those first-year teams. I mean, everybody's, you know, the Ville, the Louisville alumni mm-hmm. team's getting a lot of hype. Mass Street, the Kansas mm-hmm. alumni team is getting a lot of hype. I would, uh, I would avoid those two for that reason. I totally agree with that. This is a tournament where teams that are successful in this tournament – tend to be successful year in and year out. And so you kind of see, you know, there are teams that have been successful in this tournament that took their lumps in year one or or lost to a better team in year one, came back more prepared, found ways to construct their roster and did better in year two, three, and and so on. So, So I do agree with that one. Now, looking at the bracket from last year and really the last two years, because 2021 was a 64 team bracket. 2021, they did a little bit differently, though. They did four reasons as opposed to doing eight like they did last year and like they did this year. So in the last two years, no one seed has lost a first round game. So if you're making a bracket, just go ahead and pencil all those teams in um, for their second round game. And also, if you're looking to bet individual games, you can kind of like you can parlay those, you're, you know, you increase your odds if you want to. But I don't think it's likely that any of the one seeds lose in the first round. And then only two total two seeds have lost a first round game. Last year, it was Eberline Drive as a two seed losing to Bleed Green, that first year North Texas alumni team. So not a whole lot of upsets in the first round. What you do tend to get, though, is the cream rises to the top after like the round of 16. So last year, if you look at the regional winners, you know, there were eight of them. You had five one seeds that won, two two seeds that got out of the region, Blue Collar U and um, uh, who else was Americana for Autism were the two two seeds. And then the one three seed that won out of the Dayton Regional, the Red Scare. So do you think that there's a chance this year that, you know, that trend gets broken? Or do you see it being mostly the top teams again? 
No, I see it. I see it again, mostly being the top teams. Uh, you've got a lot of high. You've got a lot of high seeds playing on their home floors, mm-hmm. such as Aftershocks, Red Scare, uh, Best Virginia, and then you've got you've just got a ton of t- experienced teams at, at the top top half of the bracket. All right, so let's go ahead and take a look at this year's bracket now. Now that we know what kind of makes for success and what is the kind of the keys to success in winning this tournament, we're going to go ahead and pick this tournament. Now, we're not going to pick every single game, all 63 games, because that just doesn't make for great content. But what we are going to do is we're going to pick our winners for each regional, kind of talk about how each region sets up. So starting off at the top left corner of the bracket is the Wichita 2 region, which for whatever reason is in the top left corner, but it's Wichita 2. But anyway, that's another story. So, who do you like to come out of the Wichita Two region, Dad? I like Heartfire. Okay, uh, they they've uh, experienced team, a lot of a uh, lot of veteran international players. They've got a lot of experience in this tournament and uh, and a history of success. Uh, they were made it to the uh, quarterfinals last year, and I'm not buying into the hype on mastery. I agree with you on that. It's a first year team, and I think they're going to have their uh, yeah, the, the Kansas alumni team, Mastery, they're, they're getting a lot of hype on Twitter. They're getting a lot of love, but I just don't think they're going to be as dominant as people think. They are a first-year team with a lot of guys who didn't really play together in college, so you don't really know what the chemistry is going to be like. On paper, their two best players are going to be Diedrich Lawson and Tyshawn Taylor. Tyshawn Taylor, like he's like older than me. Uh, and then Diedrich Lawson was in college a few years ago. So definitely two different eras there for Mass Street. I don't think they're going to be as good as people think um, in that regard either. Uh, the Show Me Squad, Missouri, I was really into when I first looked at it. And then I realized that as of right now, Phil Pressey, Missouri legend, is not on their roster, which made me less interested in them. So I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with Team Heartfire. Um, they just have a lot of veterans, a lot of guys that play internationally that, you know, maybe they're not household names because of what they did in college, but they played in these tournament games they've played internationally it's just a gritty team uh, and they're four and three in their tbt history so I, I like team heartfire to come out of that region as well so now let's go ahead and move on to the wichita one region so the story of this region playing on their home court is the aftershocks who are the wichita state alumni team last year they won the wichita regional with home field advantage and they're looking to do it again um dad do you think they're going to be able to do it again Yes, I do. Uh, very solid roster, including uh, returnees Connor Frank Hap and Marcus McDuffie. Uh, good history, excellent history in this tournament. Eight and, eight and three. Eight and three, final four team from last year. And they're going to turn out some really good crowds in Wichita to root for that team. So I, I, I see them I see them advancing. Yeah, do not underestimate um, the power of home court in that regard. Uh, that Wichita crowd is going to be wild, and they're going to be there to root on um, – their shockers or the aftershocks, I guess I should say. Um, you know, they're going to be led by, you know, Connor Frankamp, just the designated shooter, uh, and then Marcus McDuffie, probably their primary offensive player. I like the aftershocks as well. Um, I think this is actually a fairly weak region, if I'm being honest. Um, the two seed purple and black is a little bit intriguing. The Kansas State alumni team, they've got Jacob Pullen, uh, Kansas State legend, as probably their best offensive player, but they are not great in this tournament all time. Um, they are actually four and six all time in the tournament are purple and black. So, um, you know, they may be the two seed, but I'm not falling in love with um, their history in this tournament. So uh, both of us like the aftershocks to go on for Wichita one. So um, now let's move on down to 
the bottom left corner of the bracket, let's talk about the Syracuse Regional because I happen to think this is a very stacked region. You've got Blue Collar U, who is the defending champ and returning essentially the same roster. You've got Bayheim's Army, who has won this tournament before, the Syracuse alumni team. And then a team that I really think is a good sleeper, I really like the Roadie Way as a sleeper. If you look at the Roadie Way, um, this is a new team, but it is a team that is – has played together. Like they are pretty much um, their Rhode Island alumni team, but there are a lot of guys that played on the 2018 Rhode Island team that was the A-10 regular season champs. They beat Trey Young's Oklahoma team in the NCAA tournament. You got Cyril Langevin, Fats Russell, E.C. Matthews. Like this looks like a really good squad to me. But the question is, are they going to have enough to overcome Blue Collar U and Bayheim's Army's tournament experience? So, Dad, who do you have coming out of this region? I've got blue collar U. Uh, they were clearly the best team in the tournament last year. They've been to the they've been into two tournaments and uh, they won one, made it to the finals in the other. Uh, pretty much the same roster from last year. I'll give you another sleeper team from this region, mm-hmm. the Nerd team. Okay, which is comprised mostly of uh, uh, unheralded Ivy League guys that are that are playing international ball, and uh, they won two games last year and beat beat Bayheim's Army on their home floor. So I think they're they're an intriguing team, but I, I really think Blue Collar is the is the class of a of a very loaded region. I agree with you. I think the Nerd team's pretty interesting as well. Um, you know, two and two in the tournament all time. Um, they did win two games in Syracuse last year. Um, so I like that call as well. You know, it's part of the reason why I think this is probably the most stacked region. Um, but I'm going to agree with you again. I'm going to go with Blue Collar U to get out of this region. They're the defending champ. They were clearly the best team in the tournament last year, um, and, and they've lost one game in the history of their tournament run. So um, I, I really do like Blue Collar U for that region. Now, we've agreed on the first three regions. You know, it's, it's been mm-hmm. pretty straightforward so far. But I do think we're going to disagree here on this one, the bottom uh, left corner of the bracket, the West Virginia region. So you do have the best Virginia team, West Virginia alumni, playing on their home floor, returning a lot of their roster from last year that made it to the Elite Eight. Challenge ALS Florida is also a notable team. They're a merger of two teams that have had success in TBT, which were Challenge ALS and Florida TNT. Um, and then you got Sideline Cancer, who's another team that's had success. And then you got two alumni teams in here. Heard that, the Marshall alumni who have won games in this tournament, and Zoo Crew, the Pittsburgh alumni. Um, so you got a lot of very interesting teams here in this regional. So who do you think is going to win this regional? I went with uh, Challenge ALS Florida. I just think, again, like you said, uh, the, the combining of two very strong teams with, mm-hmm. with good, good tournament history. Uh, you know, Florida TNT was a quarterfinal team last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got uh, an absolute bucket getter in Fletcher McGee. Yeah, and uh, Keith Boynton, Keith Boynton as well. So I think I think they're going to pull that one off again. I mean, this is a this is a a loaded regional sideline. Cancer and Best Virginia are also two really strong teams. Mm-hmm. So uh, Best Virginia added uh, Sean McNeil, who can flat out shoot. Yeah. So uh, this should be a really interesting one. So, yeah, I'm going to disagree with you on this one. I'm going to go with Sideline Cancer. So Sideline Cancer, first off, they're 14-9 and nine in their tournament history. They've played in, like, almost every edition of this tournament. 
and they seem to win one or two games every year. Um, they have one of the most entertaining players in the tournament, and that is Marcus Keene, who you may remember that name. He was at Central Michigan, and he was the leading scorer in college basketball one year at 5'9", just super entertaining to watch. Um, and then this year, they also added another two guys who have been successful in this tournament before. Mike Dom, who was a star at South Dakota State, pretty much carried them to two NCAA tournaments when he was there. Um, and then Tyrese Rice, a little bit of an older name there, but he played college at Boston College, and he was the MVP of the 2021 TBT when he played for Bayheim's Army. So with that combination of Keen, Dom, and Rice, I, I really like what this sideline cancer squad has, and they're going to be my pick to come out of the West Virginia region. All right, so now we got to go on over to the right half of the bracket. So um, you kind of have the little Ohio corner here where you've got the Xavier Regional and you've got the Dayton region. So the Xavier region is probably an interesting one because you could see some very intriguing matchups here. Um, the program for autism is the defending runner-up of this tournament. They were known as Americana for autism last year. You got Zip 'em Up, which is the Xavier alumni team, is the two seed. And you've got the money team backed by Floyd Mayweather as the three seed. And then Nasty Natty, which is the Cincinnati alumni team as the six seed. So you could potentially end up with a Xavier Cincinnati round of 32 game here. But um, either way, who do you got to come out of the Xavier region, Dad? I've got the, I've got Team Autism, uh, runner up and runner up uh, two years ago semifinalist last year. Mm -hmm. uh, very very solid team, uh, and uh, again great history in the tournament. Uh, average of three and a half wins per per appearance. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think they're going to be the ones that pull that one out. I. I was very tempted to go with the Xavier alumni team on their home court, um, but I ended up agreeing with you. I ended up going with um, the program for autism. Uh, I really think that they've got a good combination of size and just guys that are experienced and gritty. Um, you know, last year, Isaiah Swan was probably their best player. Um, and I don't know if he's coming back or not. He was listed on their roster on Twitter, but not on the TBT site, but either way, They've got Kamari Murphy, former big from Miami, Jacobin Brown, who's a pretty good bucket getter from Texas. Uh, and then they added A.J. English from Iona um, this season as well. And, you know, he might be a name that if you're a real college basketball junkie, you remember he was really good at Iona in like the mid-2010s, carried them to an NCAA tournament berth where they lost to Georges Niang's Iowa State team. But I, I really like the program for autism. I, I think that's the best team in the region. And that's another one that, that we agree on here in this bracket. So, um, let's get out of the Xavier Regional now, and let's switch it on up and talk about the Dayton Regional. So, um, first things first, it's impossible for us to be unbiased on this one, Correct. <laughs> um, with you being a Dayton alum yourself, um, but we've got Red Scare, the Dayton alumni team in this region. We've got Carmen's Crew, the Ohio State alumni team in this region that is not necessarily the big flashy names that you would think. It's not like a Jared Selinger or an Aaron Kraft on that team. It's a little more modern. Um, and then you've got Team Colorado, Colorado alumni. And then there's a talented Friday Beers team that looks pretty talented. They've got Aubrey Dawkins from UCF as their best player. So, Dad, last year, the Red Scare rode home court advantage all the way to the semifinals. And they won uh, up until they lost to Blue Collar U in the semifinals of TBT. Do you think they're going to be able to use that home court advantage and get back out of the region this year? Yes, I do. They've got pretty much uh, the same – same rosters last year. They did lose Trevor Thompson, who is mm -hmm. now on Carmen's crew. Uh, 
their their one weakness may be size. They're not particularly big. However, they do have they do have three forwards uh, in Ryan Mikesell, Josh Cunningham, and Trey Landers who mm-hmm. can play a lot bigger than they are defensively. Mm-hmm. So I think they've they've got the roster construction of a, of, a, of a team built to go far in the tournament and. And they will draw some raucous crowds at UD Arena. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, I think it'll carry them through. One thing that's kind of underrated, I, I think this is kind of the case with Wichita as well. You know, the, the city of Dayton doesn't have a big four professional sports team. Oh, yeah. And so the Flyers are their team. Like, yes. that's that's who they rally around. And this is a chance for, the you know, the fans in Dayton to go watch some of the old Flyers for a few nights in the summer when there's nothing else going on. So I think they're going to draw a great crowd. Um, I've got Red Scare to come out of this region as well. I think when you look at their roster construction, it's a well-constructed roster for for this tournament because you have elite defensive players like Daryl Davis, like Ryan Mikesell, like – Rodney Chapman, Rodney Chapman, notably, notably held Anthony Edwards to six points when Dayton and Georgia played in the 2020 Maui Invitational. Um, And then, you know, they've got some bucket getters like Scoochie Smith, um, you know, Josh Cunningham in the post, Jordan Seibert, knockdown shooter. And then I really like how they added Justin Smith from Arkansas. He's a long athletic wing that can kind of do it all. Um, And I really like this Red Scare roster. I I definitely expect them to come out of the Dayton region on their home court. So both of us agree on that one as well. All right, now these last two, I know for a fact because I did my research, I know we disagreed on these last two. So the Lubbock Regional is an interesting one. I think you've got two teams that um, are possibly a little bit overseeded. This is kind of a weak region in my opinion. Um, The Air Raiders are the one seed. They're the Texas Tech alumni team that went one and one last year. They won their first round game before losing in round two. And then you've got Bleed Green, the North Texas alumni team, as the two seed. They won two games last year as an underdog before losing in the round of 16. And then you've got HBC United, which is a lot of guys that played at HBCUs, the Enchantment, the New Mexico alumni team, and then Austin's own, the Texas alumni team. So did any of those teams catch your eye as the winner of this region? HBCU United caught my eye. Uh, they, they had a pretty good tournament last year. They won two games. Uh, a lot of – they're well-stocked with mostly unknown mm-hmm. HBCU graduates uh, who've had a lot of success at the international level. Uh, one, one guy that's interesting of note is Kyle O'Quinn, who mm-hmm. spent several years in the NBA. So I, I, I see them winning this region. I think this is probably the weakest of the, of the regions. I would and, tend to uh, agree. I think the team. I think the team out of Austin might might surprise people coming out of a out of what's five seed. Yeah. So um, this is one where it's impossible for me to be unbiased on this one because I've been saying for years that you know there needs to be a Texas alumni team. Like it, it'd be great if they had it, and you know they finally did it this year. And I, I'm going to pick Austin's own to come out of this region. I think they have a good combination of roster construction where they've got size with Cameron Ridley and with Clint Chapman. They've got guard play with Jacob Young, who didn't play a whole lot at Texas, but he is on this team. Um, and then they've got Kerwin Roach, um, who has experience in this tournament, a very good scoring guard from Texas. And then Mick Cabongo, just a floor general who runs the show, who played for Overseas Elite, who won this tournament three times in the mid-2010. So he's got experience in this tournament. Um, I really like – and they, oh, I forgot to mention also, they also have an NBA player, Jordan Hamilton, who was an absolute bucket getter when he was at Texas. Their leading scorer uh, on two teams that were very successful. So uh, I really like this Austin zone team. I know we generally don't like first-year teams, 
But they have a combination of guys who have played in this tournament before with guys who have played together in college. Um, and I just think they've got a good combination of guards, forwards, and bigs that can match up with anybody. And, and I would not be surprised to see them come out of this region. In fact, I have them winning. Well, and you really don't have a veteran TBT team in this tournament. You don't? Or that region, know, yeah. The top two seeds both have one appearance. Uh, the three and four seeds, HBC United and in the Enchantment have two appearances mm-hmm. apiece so that you don't have the veteran uh, Team ALS or Eberlin Drive or somebody like yeah. overseas elite like that that's been in the tournament over and over again. So there might be an opportunity there for a, for a rookie team to... Agree completely. The, the way the region's worked out, I really do think there's a path for, for Austin's own here just because there's not a Blue Collar U or a Bayheim's Army or anybody like that in this region that is just like the clear favorite to win. So... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the Lubbock region, definitely an interesting one. Now, the Louisville region, I'll be honest, I think this might be the most stacked region. You've got the Gutter Cat Gang as the one seed, which is led by Kyle Hines, who came out of UNCG, very unheralded, but has been one of the most successful American international players in basketball history. You've got the two seed, the Ville, the Louisville alumni team, making their debut. You've got Eberline Drive, team that plays in this every year, is always talented as the three. You've got Shell Shock, which is the Maryland alumni team, is the four. Gataverse, the Florida alumni team, is the five. And then the Jackson, Tennessee underdogs as the six that tend to always be giant killers in this tournament. So um, when you look at this region, Dad, there's a whole lot of teams that you can pick from. Who, who do you have coming out of this region? I went with the Gutter Cat Gang. Okay. You know, they were formerly Team Hines. They've been in this tournament a number of times, uh, four appearances, eight total wins. Uh, lost in the quarters last year. Mm-hmm. I think I think they're a, a gritty group of uh, older international guys, and uh, I think I think they're going to pull that one out. Yeah, this is, when you look at it, this is an old team, and they know how to play international basketball. They, you know, they – are going to play defense. They're going to be elite on that end, and they're going to play hard because for them it means a lot to them, and I think that's something you can't discount. Now, the team that's getting a lot of traction on Twitter and among a lot of experts is the Ville, the Louisville alumni team, and I think there's a little bit of merit to that because it's a lot of their 2013 national championship team, right? You got Mm -hmm. Peyton Siva, you got Russ Smith, but it's all these guys first run in this tournament. And and I just don't know how that's going to go for them. The first, like we said, the first year tends to be bumpy. Um, I'm going to go with a team that's kind of off the board on this one. though. I'm going to go with, to come out of this region, I'm going to go with the Jackson, Tennessee underdogs, the six seed. Um, like I said, they tend to be giant killers in this tournament. They they made it to um, the round of eight as an eight seed back in 2019. Um, they're all time six and six in the tournament. And what I really like about them is it looks when you look at their roster like just a bunch of randoms. And then there's two names that stand out. There's um, DeZonte Bradford, who was an excellent college player at East Tennessee State, was the leading scorer on the East Tennessee State alumni team last year. Um, and then there's Jaywin Barford out of 
Illinois, or not Illinois, out of Arkansas, who previously played for Team Arkansas in this tournament, and he's one of those guys that's just an absolute bucket getter, and he has the green light. Pretty much every time he laces it up in this tournament, he's he's a threat to drop 25 on you. And I, I just really like the combination of they've got two guys who can really score, who are really good. And then, you know, kind of the rest of the roster that they've had for years, which, like I said, they've had underrated success in this tournament. So um, I just really like the combination. And you got Bradford and Barford um, for that roster for the Jackson, Tennessee underdogs. And so I've got them as my sleeper to come out of the Louisville region. All right, so we have picked all eight regions now. So now it's time to kind of go for, you know, picking a champion who we think is going to win this tournament. So um, looking at the round of eight, both of us had Aftershocks and Heartfire coming out of the two Wichita regions. Um, who you got winning that one, Aftershocks or Heartfire? I've got Aftershocks. Uh, I think this is going to be a really competitive game. But, uh, again, raucous Wichita State mm-hmm. crowd, I think it uh, carries, uh, carries Aftershocks through. I'm, I'm with you on that one as well. I've got the Aftershocks coming out of that one into the Final Four. Um, now, when you look at the bottom left corner, you got the Syracuse region and the West Virginia region. I had Blue Collar U versus Sideline Cancer. I've got Blue Collar U beating Sideline Cancer. You had Blue Collar U and Challenge ALS Florida? Yeah. Who you I've got? got uh, I've got Blue Collar U over Challenge ALS Florida. Okay, so we both share that Final Four of Aftershocks and Blue Collar U. Interesting. Now we go to the Xavier and the Dayton Regionals. We've got Program for Autism we both had and the Red Scare we both had. So you got the Program for Autism or the Red Scare? I've got Red Scare again. Uh, raucous crowd at UD Arena uh-huh. carrying the, the Dayton alumni team uh, through. Yeah, I've, I've got Red Scare as well. Like, like we said when we talked about them, I think that their roster sets up really well for this tournament. And, you know, not to, you know, pick holes in the program for autism, but I think they kind of got out of a little bit of a weak region last year, not to discredit what they did. Um, and I do think they're going to win the Xavier Regional. But but I think that when you look at the level of competition they played in this tournament, Red Scare's lost to the eventual champion three out of the last four yep. years. So Red Scare is a team that, generally speaking, is pretty doggone good in this tournament. Now, the bottom right corner of the bracket, we disagreed on both of these. So, um, I had Austin's own and the Jackson, Tennessee underdogs. I've got Austin's own winning that one. You had a different two teams. I have though. the Guttercat gang and HBCU United, mm-hmm. and uh, I've got the Guttercat gutter gang advancing in that one. Okay. So now when we look at our final fours, we both shared Blue Collar U and Aftershocks. So who you got in that one, Blue Collar U or Aftershocks? I've got Blue Collar. I am going to agree. They're the defending champs for a reason. Um, I I just think they're better. Um, And so I'm going to agree with you on that one. Now, on the other side, um, I ended up with Red Scare versus Austin's own. And I'm going to have to pick against my Texas alumni team here. I'm going to have to go with the Red Scare uh, to win that one. Um, And so I've got the Red Scare in the other half of the championship game. You had... I have Red Scare as well. They were over, not Austin's own, though. They were over over the Gutter Cat game. Okay. So we've both got a a final matchup of Red Scare and Blue Collar U, which is a rematch of the semifinals last year. So this is the part where I'm going to have to pick with my brain over over my heart here. As much as I would like to see the Red Scare get it done, I'm going to have to go with Blue Collar U. I think they were just better last year, and I think they're going to be better again this year. And I've got Blue Collar U going back-to-back. It would not be the first time that anybody has gone back-to-back in this tournament. 
um, because uh, Overseas Elite did it, I believe, three or four years in a row in yeah. the mid-2010s. Um, and so it would not be the first instance of that happening. So who do you have in that rematch? Red Scare, Blue Coyote? I went with my heart on that one. I went with Red Scare. I think uh, I think Daryl Davis is going to get hot in that game. And I think when it comes down to the end, that you know, Scoochie Smith is a great finisher. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, I think they're going to pull off the upset. So you think they learned from last year? I think they did. Okay. I think they did. So there you have it. That is our TBT 2023 brackets. Now, before we close, if you are interested in making any bets in this tournament, um, I'm going to have to give you like reasonable advice here. Betting on somebody to win the tournament is generally a tough sell um, just because of – um, it's a 64-team single elimination tournament. Crazy things happen. Um, but I would prefer the market of picking individual games or picking regionals, which we kind of have done a little bit on here. Um, and then also, I think the MVP market is pretty good. I, I think if there's a team that you really want or you really think is going to win this tournament, and if you want to pick in the MVP market, I think that's something that can can go pretty well for you. So generally speaking, the MVP is on the winning team. So I had Blue Collar U as the champion. CJ Massenberg is their best player. His odds are plus 350 to win the MVP. That would be my selection for this. You have Red Scare winning, but you went a little yeah, off the board. Yeah, I've got a really uh, out-of-the-box MVP. Okay. Uh, Daryl Davis. Okay. Lights out shooter. I think for them to win, uh, he's going to have to hit probably six or seven threes in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also their best perimeter defender. He, well, if you remember from last year, he yeah, locked he up Jimmer for Totally locked up Jimmer for that. <laughs> so I, th- I think for them to win, Daryl's going to have to get hot, and, uh, and that's going to be the difference. I like that. Now, if you are looking at the board here um, on the YouTube page, um, the Red Scare's highest-ranked player on the MVP board is Scoochie Smith at plus 450. I think that would probably be when you look at, like, I don't know, if this actually was the championship game, he might be the odds-on favorite by the time that game is played. Um, yeah. Just because he played very well in this tournament last year. He's very good as a finisher, very good in the Elam ending. He's just, arguably the best point guard in this tournament. You could make an argument that I, he's one of the best point guards. I time. would tend to agree with that. I, I think that I would have to see the Louisville guys first. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, both Peyton Siva and Russ Smith were, were elite college players, but I don't know exactly what, what shape they're in. Scucci Smith last year was on the all-tournament team as their point guard. So um, I, I might tend to agree with you on that one. Um, so there you have it. The basketball tournament, 2023. Um, we just picked every region. We talked about how to um, bet, how to make picks. Um, hopefully we gave you guys some good information, information that you can use to fill out your brackets. We are going to be doing an official bracket challenge for this. Um, however, that TBT has not put it up yet. So um, once TBT has released their bracket challenge, we're going to have a group. Um, check it out on Twitter. I will post it to my Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. This is an event that I love watching every year. Just gives you some good basketball to watch in the summer when nothing else is on. And, and I'm really looking forward to it. Dad, I know you share my love for this event. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for picking with me. My pleasure. All right. So that does it for this episode here of Mike's Money Picks. Thank you guys for listening, and I will see you next time.